If you need a spreadsheet, PowerPoint presentation, a Word document, and a custom set of software to run your character, then you just might be playing it wrong. And I thought you were expecting those dice. Well, no, it's a very special episode 13, season 2 of Playing It Wrong. And this episode, I'm going to go through Dark Streets and Darker Secrets by Old School Publishing. And, well, first of all, sorry I missed it last week. It was a crazy week. It's still being crazy, but I am taking the time out to do this episode. And wish me luck, because my neighbor has also chosen this time to work on their motorcycle. So if you hear that, or the dog's going crazy, that's what's going on. And since it's a special episode, we might dispense with some of the usual features, like reading from the little brown books, which I'll probably, do, which I'll do next week because I'll have a good episode next week, and I've got a plan for that one already. And I, like I said, I meant to do this one last week, but here we go. So, what is Dark Streets and Darker Secrets? This is the third game from Old School Publishing, currently be distributed by Gallant Knight Games by Diogo Nigera. And I said his name wrong. I know that every time. But this is the third game. It shares the same system of the other two games. The first, which was Sharp Swords and Sinister Spells, which is a sword and sorcery type fantasy game. Then came up uh, Solar Blades and Cosmic Spells, which is very much... Uh, mm, it, it, it's heavy metal. Okay. Not the music, the magazine. And then the third one, recently released, is Dark Streets and Darker Secrets. And it's built as a rules-light street and sorcery role-playing game with an old-school spirit. Now, one thing, like I said, the games do share a common system, which evolved from Black Hack as a roll-under, attributes, hit points, classes, levels. You get the drift. So I'm not going to do an in-depth comparison of each one of the games because there are some minor differences. Instead, I'm just going to focus on this one. And you can, and if you really want to focus, yes, there will be links in the in the show notes for the PDF on drive-through. I'm going to start with the, the the meat of the game first, and then I'll go on to some all the particulars and the fluff at the end. So if you stick with me to the end, you'll get all the meat and fluff. But like I said, it is the same basic system as the previous two games, inspired by Black Hack. And I'm flipping through my hardback cover here because I backed it on his first, I believe it was his first Kickstarter. Um, Solar Blades and Cosmic Spells was done through Indiegogo. So it's very much similar to any other game you were of the... Well, not any other game, but you know, the big game, Dungeons & Dragons, as you know, and Black Hack. Um, the core game, four, four classes. Very old school. The tough, the nimble, the smart, and the gifted. And the first three very much replicate your skilled mortals. While the gifted, you get magic and psychic abilities. Now, as far as the classes go, and they're called archetypes in this game is that they're really, really, really broad. Just like back in the day of the old BX game, they're really broad. So you can easily define them as what exactly you want. Especially the gifted, since that's the only kind of spellcaster-ish type class, except for the uh, smart, which can do rituals, but it's very dangerous. I'll get onto that in the magic part. Now, there are two other things that really define the character. The concept and the complication. If you've ever paid, played Fate, it's sort of like that. Concept is you just 
say what you are, and the Game Master can well describe your character, so to speak, in a short phrase or sentence. And the Game Master can use that to your advantage or disadvantage, of course. Complication will generally be your disadvantage, because it's a complication. It's that thing about you that always gets you into trouble. And that is basically how you define your character. That's it. Starting hit points are based off your physique score, which is a combination of strength and constitution for those of you used to the good old holy six of attributes. And you gain one or two points, depending on your archetype, per level. That's it. Now, Dark Streets and Darker Secrets has gone to the path of white box, of using only d20s and d6s. So you don't need the rest of your dice, and it keeps things very, very simple and standard which is going to lead us into what I'm going to talk about next is gear. Money is handled abstractly because you really don't need to keep track of it because it's not so much a game about accounting. And gear is definitely left mostly vague, especially as especially with weapons and armor, which is things that most player characters are interested in because you know it's a modern set, a game set in the modern era, so there are 18 million types of guns and firearms. And there's going to always be somebody at the table who's going to be arguing the pros and cons of a particular type of firearm. Just shut that guy up and tell him it's a light pistol and get over with it. And same thing goes with melee weapons, and like I said, armor as well goes to light, medium, and heavy. There's a few notes on special ammunition. Shields, if you happen to come up with a reason to have one in a modern setting. And of course, firearms and a wonderful table of weird items that, hey, just let the players care play around with them, and get going. There is a series of... Uh, next up, we've got... Bleh, excuse me, it's been a long, crazy weekend. You would not believe me. Follow me on social media and listen to me bitch about my life. Anyway, uh, there's drugs, but it's not so much, I would say, the modern drugs. It is more of a cyberpunkish combat drugs with really bad things can happy, happen. And, of course, services you can pay for within the the city itself, and illegal goods, and a very, uh, excuse me, and we go on, I'm literally flipping through the book here, just to make sure I get as much as I can without giving too much away, and a very simple encumbrance system similar to that of Lamentations of the Flame Princess, you can carry a thing per point of strength, or in this case, physique. Alright, next up, core of the game, alright, it's all a uh, roll under attributes, whether it's for a saving throw, skill throw, attack roll, whatever, there are no bonuses, there are no modifiers, it all goes off of an attribute score. Now the Game Master can impose, impose, impose modifiers on a roll, but the base roll is always under an attribute score, which is opposite for the monsters, which I'll talk about more later, but monsters are rolling high to hit the characters. Now that may sound confusing, but it really makes sense and it's really easy in play. We went through a long Sharp Swords and Sinister Spells game, works fine. It takes a little bit of getting used to because you're always used to having to roll high on your d20 and wanting that nat 20, but now you don't want that. So there's a very, very limited, I want to say limited chapter, but a short chapter. Like I said, it's called Rules Light. I would like to call it Rules Efficient, like uh, basic D&D. It didn't throw in a lot of extra stuff that you don't need. The GM can make their determinations as they see fit using the true golden rule. It's called Common Sense. Alright, so that's the basic of the game. So now I'm going to move on to the magic, psionics, supernatural powers type section. It's called Sorcery and Psionics in the book. It is, if you're used to Savage Worlds, the powers are pretty much all generic and let the 
player define the exact effects based on the character, such as things like, oh, common ones would be like, it's called Energy Blast, which, I mean, is it fire, is it necrotic energy, is, well, it is, it's up to the, it's, it's up to the, it, I'm going to leave that in just to entertain you. It is up to the player to find. There are no special mechanics if it's fire or necrotic or whatever. It's color, and you can use it as you see fit. Once again, ruling's not rules, common sense. Now, unlike uh, traditional D&D, the spells work the same they do in Sharp Swords and Sinister Spells and the special powers and uh, Solar Blades and Cosmic Spells. And this is where some of the fingerprints of Dungeon Crawl Classics come in, where it's roll, the more powerful it is, the more difficult it is to make the roll, and if you fail, bad things happen. If you fumble, really bad things happen. While this may... There's, there's no set. You can do X number of spells per day. It's push your luck and see how far you can go. And yes, you can do bad things to yourself. And there's a equivalent of spell burn. And, there you, and there's a real cost for casting p spells that are beyond the character's normal reach. Which is you know kind of a good game balancing thing. But if hey, they really want to push it and do that spectacular thing, then, well, go for it, but there's a price for it. The next section of the book is all random tables for creating your city, or what's going on in the city the characters are in for the setting, and an adventure generation charts. Yeah, handy tools for the GM, and you could easily use them for any game, probably on the same genre, which, like I said, I'm going to do all, all sorts of genre things at the end, so... That may bore you right away, but it won't. Trust me, trust me. But this is a really cool section and really, really useful, even if you're not playing this actual game, but another system because it's all system-neutral tables for inspiration, for uh, NPC names, attitudes, way they dress, what smi sight, smell, sounds. It's, it's it's makes a very good sensory ex sensory experience and easily inspirational for the Game Master. I didn't think I could get any of those words out in a halfway coherent fashion, but I did manage it. And speaking of random charts, moving on to the next section of the book, which is the monster section, which includes a bunch of random charts to create monsters that are unique, weird, and crazy. And they're simple to use. Once again, pretty system neutral, so you can use them in the game. But for, so let's speak mechanically about monsters. This is where this game shines a lot of ways for me as a game master because it makes things so easy for you. All right, monsters have very simple stats. They got their hit die and their special abilities or their hit die and how much cool crap they can do. There's no armor class. There's no saving throws because that's all based on attributes. Monsters usually don't have attributes and I think this is a newer mechanic. If you need an attribute for a monster, it's 10 plus its hit die. But generally, it's not. Now here's where monsters come in handy. One, there's a unified monster damage table. So, the monster's damage is based off their hit die. Now this sound, it is abstract. And it sounds like, well, eh. But it works. Because 
even if, if a monster is more powerful, it just does more damage and you don't have to get all the thing of like, no matter what it is, it kind of does this amount of damage to player characters. It makes it easy to balance encounters. It makes it easy to run encounters. And it may sound like it will be like flat and boring, but it's not because the dice do random things and make crazy stuff happen. And this also is where a rule that came from Black Hack, the powerful enemy rule, which basically if the monster is more powerful than you, it, get bo it gets bonuses to hit you and you take penalties to hit it. That's why there's no need for armor class because most of it is based off on the character stats of how hard it is for the monster to hit it, hit the character, and for the character hit the monster, it's based on the character stats. And the only thing the monster has in defense is its hit die. If it's higher hit die, yeah, it's going to be tougher. If it's lower, some of the characters, the melee type characters, do get advantages in combat when it's when a monster has lower hit dice. But other than that, it just has fewer hit points. And I should say that the monster section does contain the normal array of urban fantasy style monsters. Vampires, werewolves, fae, demons... Uh, not so much angels. Well, I think there's some angels. I don't know. And then secret societies, cults, Cthulhu, all that wonderful stuff. Even high-tech horrors. And this is why I'm going to segue into what's the setting like for this game? Well, it's kind of what you want to make it. It's, like I said, it's built as street and sorcery. So, you can run this as a Monster of the Week monster hunting campaign. It's very much set with a... Uh, urban decay type vibe to it. Almost a cyberpunkish vibe without the cyberware. Or, like I plan on doing for my campaign in the future, is it's going to run much more on a urban fantasy type game, not a frickin' paranormal romance. Urban fantasy, things like Dresden Files, and uh, Night Watch, if you've ever seen that movie. If you haven't, watch it. It's a really good Russian movie. But very much the idea of and I just recorded about 15 minutes and realized my mic is really sucking. So there's going to be some audio play here. We're going to see what happens. And, you know, just, I, forgive me because I just noticed it. All right. So I might have to do some other extra little tweaks. So the volume levels of this episode are going to be really interesting. Okay. What do we got here? Oh, yeah. Setting and fluff. Yeah. So, like, you can run it any way you want to. Just like you can take regular old D&D and you can do Conan or Elric or Lankmar or Lord of the Rings. Or you can try and throw them all together. But they're each one has their own feel, but can still be a usable system. And that's what makes it good. The, the Dark Streets and Darker Secrets good, because it is kind of flexible for you to kind of put it in the way you want to. So you can you know, limit things that you want or add things you want, just like so many old school games. So it's got that, and it's got an urban fantasy vibe on it. And like I have said previously, and if you pay attention to the blog, I'm really excited about it, because I get to go back to an old campaign, which I found out I think is like six years old, that I last I ran with the Dresden Files. And I've been wanting to run it again, and I've been looking for a game to match up with it. And I was sort of leaning towards Savage Worlds because, well, there's some things about Fate that just got really boring. And I thought about Savage Worlds, and Savage Worlds is a good system for some things. But I think, based on both my players and the time, amount of time we have to play, and everything else, I think this is really, really a good option for what I want to do. And it's, it's more along urban fantasy than horror. But like I said, 
If you want to do horror, you can do horror. If you want to do monster hunters, you can do monster hunters. If you want to do, like I said, urban fantasy, you can do urban fantasy. It works well for any of these supernatural things. I mean, it's literally called street and sorcery. So, like swords and sorcery. Hey, wow, what do you think? So, that is my quick and dirty review of Dark Streets and Darker Secrets. Oh, yes, and, and if you've made it this far, you find you have to realize one thing. I don't like reviewing or talking about games I don't like, so you're not going to see a lot of, oh, this sucks in this podcast or even my blog. But I will say this. There, there are a few holes in it, but hey, I'm working on that, so stay tuned for that. All right, so thank you for listening. This episode's gone on long enough. We will return to our regularly scheduled episodes next week. And there will be readings from the Little Brown Book and other things. And, like I said, follow us on Facebook at They Might Be Gazebos. Follow the blog at theymightbegazebos.blog. Or, hey, you can contact us and leave a comment on the Anchor app. Or hit us up on email. I forgot my email address. Magicpigmedia at gmail.com. Once again, thanks for listening, and I apologize if the volume's going to be crazy in this episode. Okay, things will go back to normal next week. Thank you.